Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of Gen Lockdown right here on Rooster Team Radio. I am one of the members of the Gen Lockdown team, the Internet's Mark B. Donica, joined by the other members of said team, starting with Megan Salinas. Let the good times roll, everybody. <laughs> can't. I was about to say, I can't tell if you're evil or not, but that, that definitely helped. Uh, also joined by Katie Cullen. Somebody pick up the phone because uh, I called it. Caliban. I, I, Caliban. Oh, that that <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm holding my phone. What should I do now? <laughs> Answer it! We're also joined by uh, Stacey Shuttleworth. Hello, I am here. I may be emotionally compromised a little bit, but I am here. When it comes to people who are emotionally compromised, it me. <laughs> Let's get started with some... Uh, I mean, this episode was... Very good. We got a lot of answers. I think we got a couple of more questions, but uh, starting with you, Katie, I want to know your general thoughts on the episode. I really liked this episode. I think it worked really well within the flow of the season. I think we definitely needed a little bit of time to just kind of breathe and catch up with our characters and recalibrate a little, if you will. And so finding another place to go, finding that we do still have the Genlock information in the form of Caliban, we we kind of have Dr. Weller light going on there, and it's interesting. <laughs> Let's put it as interesting for now. And then meeting our new scientists, meeting our Matt Holum character, meeting meeting all of these people, finally getting the armor that we have in the opening, and getting ready for what's going to be a season finale showdown. Like... This was really good coming down from the previous episode and gearing up for the season finale. I think it was well executed. Yeah, I think the pacing on this episode was really well and really welcome. We've been rushed through a lot of information in a very short time frame. So getting to have a breather while our team got a breather was refreshing. And also letting them kind of understand a little bit more what's going on. And after just being thrown into scenario after scenario, this almost feels like an opportunity for them to finally start taking more agency and actually being more in control of what's happening to them. So that was a nice change of pace. I, I have to reiterate those same sentiments. Um, I think that this was an excellent follow-up and excellent setup for what's to come. The uh, Yeah, I, I know for action-oriented shows uh, on episodes that take a break and allow characters to process events, I know that those can be hit and miss for some people. I always really appreciate them, though. Um, and... Also, kind of something I really, really like are episodes where a team of people feel really directionless. And that's what we have for the first half of this episode. Their mentor is gone. Their base is gone. They don't know whether or not their friends are okay. And they are relentlessly being pursued. So they can't stop. And they can't stop and rest. They, yeah... It's it's always so fascinating to me seeing a group of people going, what do we do now? And having to figure it out. I really appreciate that because I feel like I go through most of my life not knowing what to do next. <laughs> so I, I really like I really like when a team comes together to find the answer for that. So say we all, Megan. So say we all. I uh, one of my favorite things about this episode is we learned what well, we didn't learn, but we saw a little bit deeper into all of our characters. I think we saw a little bit more into Kaz Kazu's mental state 
when it comes to being able to deal with stuff as an adult because he at, at the end of our episode he's freaking out about his robo shogun design but he has he's some sort of problem some sort of block with dealing with what he found out about Valentina and and how he's going to be stepping up hopefully by the end of next episode if not what his journey for season two if there's a season two will be uh, that as well as now chief engineer cammy there everybody's roles in for the future of this team are becoming more are becoming more and more apparent and seeing that in this episode was very exciting um we we learned at the top that the mind meld goes deep with Kaz and Valentina, they were they were together for thirty seconds, a minute maybe, and yet Valentina was able to reach so far back to Kaz's childhood and not just access memories, but enable those memories in playing the guitar. What was everybody's reaction to this, and what do you see the future of the mind meld? Like, how deep do you see it going? And I'll start with Stacy on this one. So I was, I was pretty cool at this moment of realization. Like, as it pans out, and it's it's her fingernails. You're like, oh, she's playing his guitar. Is are we seeing the crossover? So when it turned out to be to be just that, that was a pretty exciting moment. It kind of makes me wonder, for the future of going into mind-melding, does what you pick up from the other person have anything to do with how open they are or how openly they accept the connection? Or Mm. is it just once you connect, you have access to everything no matter what? That's a good question. Yeah. It it seems like everybody's mind will end up being an open book. Uh, and the consent that you gave was in taking part in the Genlock program. And uh, that's the the service agreement that you sign before anybody can access your brain. Quote, unquote, anybody. Uh, what about you, Megan? I kind of have to agree with that. It's I, I personally think that it's an open book sort of scenario. Once you connect, anything is fair game. Um, whether you intend to share it or not. And so I totally get Kazu's apprehension because, as he says, that basically lays out everything you've ever thought about on the table. And that's an uncomfortable position to be in because there are so many thoughts that, you know, a person experiences throughout their life that you would never share with another person, not even necessarily a significant other. So I understand his compre- his his apprehension in this moment. And also it seemed like it was completely unintentional for him to share that because the look on his face when she starts dis- or when they start describing how um they seem to share memories with Kazu. He he really, really seemed uncomfortable with that and very surprised. So I think it's I think it's really cool. I understand his feelings uh, on the scenario, but at the same time, I love the potential that this opens up because you know Cami, our expert, can learn so much about how the system works, and then that knowledge can be passed on over to someone else. Someone could learn something in training and pass that knowledge on to somebody else, and I think that's really insanely cool and could be insanely valuable on both on and off the battlefield. 
this shit is my jam. I just, I absolutely love this trope, this storytelling idea, the whole mind meld drift compatibility, like this, this shit is my jam. I love it so much. And I'm having a hard time being analytical or getting beyond that because I am just so excited to see what else they're going to do, what else they can do with this now that we know that there is a skill sharing aspect of that. And possibly they, because obviously Valentina wasn't looking to pick up skills on the guitar or wasn't looking to go into Kaz's memories. The whole point was just for them to get that fight done. The whole point was that dance. But the unintended side effects are so, so interesting. And it makes me wonder, did Chase know? Did Chase have any idea about this? Why is he, out of all of them, being so unwilling to do this? And why is Yaz, knowing what she knows and knowing, like, you know, knowing that she has this past, she's the one that really, really wanted to reach out and hasn't been able to yet. Like, she had, she was the first one to reach out to Cammy for that sharing eyes moment, but that was the holy shit it works moment. So I just, I will be interested to see what happens, especially when someone finally mind melds with Chase, because it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And it's entirely possible that given that Double Chase or Chase Nemesis or whatever we're calling it is on the network, it might be possible for Chase to mind meld with himself and get information from his union double. <laughs> yeah, that was something that people were throwing around in the Discord, which you can join. There's a link down below. But uh, I, I suspect that the the only reason that Chase didn't meld with Yaz was because he just wasn't he he was so in his own head about taking care uh taking care of business like this is my problem and I have to deal with it and I'm supposed to be this and he has all of these unrealistic expectations of the type of quote-unquote leader he is to the point where I don't consider him the leader of the Genlock team I consider him the first progenitor of the technology but I consider Yaz the the leader because of how she handles the team and how she handles herself and how she pushes everybody to be their best. So I don't necessarily think it's, I don't think it's anything like, I don't want anybody to see my mind, uh, especially because he's in a test tube already and people can pick and choose whatever they want. Um, but I think we're going to get him melding with somebody in the next episode. That's what I think. I agree with you with the leader thing 100%. Like, I absolutely see Yaz as the leader of this team. From here, we find out what Omega Protocol was. Uh, Caliban is essentially just a mobile hard drive with everything Genlock and a little sliver of his data pattern uh, in his in his mind, in, in Caliban's mind. Uh, and now we get this final message from Dr. Weller. I imagine everybody was uh, a little saddened for uh, from this message from Dr. Weller. And I, I want to just establish that he seemed to have recorded this before really knowing who any of the people were. So while it was a very emotional and touching time, it was still a general, hey, sorry, I'm dead message. Yep. <laughs> uh, so eh, now, now that we have Dr. Weller's voice coming out of Caliban or as a bit of a part of Caliban, um, 
how often do you think we'll be hearing or seeing the doctor with the R2-esque projection? Um, and I'll start with Megan. Uh, as far as the projection goes, I don't think that's going to come up very often. Obviously, because uh, the, I mean, it, it'll come up for sure. But as you kind of stated with the general nature of that recording of like, it, it's kind of like having handing somebody a generic holiday card being like, I hope you enjoy your celebration, wh- whatever that may be. Um, whether it's a birthday or, <laughs> or anniversary, I hope you have a good celebration. Insert holiday here. <laughs> Insert date here. Um, but yeah, just with the general nature of that particular recording, I feel like he may, he might have made specific recordings for specific scenarios. But given how generalized those have to be, I feel like we're not going to get them very often. I feel like more often than not, we're going to get Caliban's filtered version of Dr. Weller, which I really appreciate. And I, I really like uh, the way they've chosen to characterize Caliban when the mute setting isn't on. I I really adore that. And I'm really excited to see what they do. I don't I hope they don't keep him on mute for very long. Now, um, just just for clarification, I don't necessarily mean how often will we see pre-recorded messages from the doctor, but now that Omega Protocol has been initiated, will Caliban be able to project a version of the doctor in order to relay information, whether it's Caliban speaking for him, or will it be a playlist of of uh, it's like a, a YouTube <laughs> tutorial series starring Doctor Weller, but I would watch the crap out of a DIY <laughs> YouTube series from Doctor Weller. That would be amazing. Now today we're going to build a holographic brain. Uh, but that being said, I I don't know how how heavily they'll be relying on what Caliban knows and doesn't know. Um, but like, I'm gonna be honest. I hope that robot gets the chance to shine every damn episode from now into eternity because I love him so much. <laughs> Caliban uh, being what do you Dr. Think? Weller Light is hysterical and also kind of tragic because it's, on one hand, it feels like he's there. It's got similar witticisms if poorly executed. It's got the same voice. It's got the same knowledge base, but it's not him it's very much dr weller light i don't know if he's ever going to go the projection route again unless there are other recordings stored but yeah no i i enjoy dr weller light but also it's definitely more of a comedy thing than a um than a serious business thing and i just the i've received warmer receptions funerals deserts the ex-wife (laughs) <laughs> and then we meet the ex-wife immediately. It was just, oh, oh, ooh. What do you think about the, the future of Caliban slash uh, D. Weller, Stacey? Like I just need, in, it, in every episode, at least one instance of this Weller-Caliban fusion humor. I just need it. He had a couple of zingers, I'll say. Oh, just phenomenal. Just They were so bad, they were hilarious. Yeah, we have to keep a good latitude. That was solid. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. 
I think I think we will see him. I think his first kind of appearance was the big motivating factor that got the team roused up. And we're going to see them really searching for the knowledge on their own. So I don't know that we'll be relying on, you know, Weller through Caliban to provide too much more important information on a regular basis. I think we'll get some good tidbits. Yeah, and the fact that it, it was convenient for Chase to activate silent mode before meeting uh, Dr. Ja was uh, a little convenient. And the fact that Ja doesn't know entirely what Caliban is could could present some sad, 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 sad moments. Um, whether it's the, oh God, this could be the post credit scene where, oh God, oh God, here we are. I got it. I got it. Our post credit scene is Caliban hearing uh dr ja say something specific like he did in the uh the cockpit and activating a message going here's how you bring me back to life or something like that <laughs> wow where it's take all of this back up and i've de- you know because he's talked about cloning himself so he has that knowledge and it's probably in there so there might there might be a way um and that would be absolutely terrifying and probably a little bit overkill. But yeah, I can I can see that they're terrifying over there at the Rooster Teeth Productions. Speaking speaking of which, uh, we find out about Artasa, the Rough Technology Aeronautics and Space Administration. Which, if you look at the logo, it's one hundred percent the RT from RTX. So that's you know they they like their fonts. I'll say that, but. We, uh, in the flight over there, we have this heart to heart with, or heart to whatever's left between, uh, <laughs> Yaz and Chase. And now to both to, to my, my fellow members of the Genlock team and to the audience, I, I will say, I can't believe I'm saying this. <gasps> Mark! Mark! I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the question. Everybody chill out for a bloody second. <laughs> nope. Do you ship it? Oh my gosh, Mark, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) What have I become? (laughs) I'm so happy. Remember, 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 we're we're doing a show. Hey, I know we're not live, but we're doing a show. One of us. One of us. (laughs) Give us this moment, Mark. All right. right. Well, then. Uh, Who do we want to start with? (laughs) Megan, go ahead. Um, that was actually while we were watching it, and she uh, she reached for his hand during the Doctor Weller recording, um, before they had this heart to heart. And as she's walking over to talk to him, I literally said out loud, "Do you think she likes him? <laughs> like I'm 12 years old." <laughs> so, um, here's the thing: I I have a hard time telling whether or not her feelings are just one of like. They've been companions for a long time and he hasn't been wanting to connect with her and she clearly has the desire to connect with people whether or not because that's she's in love with him is sort of irrelevant but like you can definitely tell that whatever sort of feeling she has the main desire there is to connect whether that's because they both knew dr weller and their teammates and they can sort of share in this grief together and she desperately wants to be there to support her friend while he's going through this very traumatic uh realization or if she has 
feelings that are less, you know, that aren't platonic towards him, which is completely understandable. They've worked together for a good long while, and he's a very charming fellow. Um, I think that if we if we want to get into more of a shipping discussion, I think that Yaz and Chase becoming a pair, I feel like that solves all of the relationship drama with him and Miranda. I'm totally down with it. I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> well, we know where Mark stands. I'm just, I'm just respecting the opinion of my co-host, uh-huh. Katie. What do you think? You know, I when it rains, I guess I'm gonna rain on this parade. I don't, because Chase isn't fucking reciprocating. <laughs> That's I'm. If I'm going to ship it, I want both people to actually be involved. And Chase is obviously going to be dealing with his own issues quite a bit. We've already seen that he's not willing to connect in terms of the mind meld. And I realize that that is massive levels of commitment that I none of them really knew how deep it would go. But the fact that he's isolating himself and that he has been isolating himself from Yaz, even when it was just the two of them, makes me go... Nah, I don't think so. I think he's got a lot of his own stuff to work on before he is even close to figuring out a relationship with her. And also there's the whole thing with Miranda, which means either she's alive and he's going to have to figure out where he stands with this. I'm still going for a threesome. Or she's dead and he's going to have some grieving to do. So either which way, the way things are now, nah, I don't really ship it. I I, I ship Yaz and human contact because that is obviously what she needs right now. And it's obviously not happening. Somebody please give her a hug. Stacey, do you want to give her a hug or do you think Chase is going to give her a big old hug? I, I think the entire team should just give her a big old hug. She deserves all of the hugs. Let us be very clear about that. <laughs> As far as shipping the two of them, I am not sure yet. I am completely open to it, but I do agree with Katie. I think Chase is not in a place to even consider that. And I think... See, we just saw him kind of go all in with Genlock, finally. You know, leaving with them from the base and staying with them. But I still don't think he's ready to completely abandon his past... Or not abandoned, but move forward like that. And I don't know if Yaz sees it as romantic or if she really does just need comfort. Uh, although this interaction brought up a really interesting question for me. Because they it's been the two of them, or it had been the two of them, for quite a while. And so has she always been reaching out? Is she infinitely patient and just wanting that contact and wanting to make that connection so badly that she will continue to reach out even if Chase shows zero interest as he has or was he maybe a little bit more at least conversationally open before the reality of going back to what he had once known was you know looming right on the right on the horizon there either way i'm not sure yet yeah i it in terms of chase embracing the present I I definitely agree that he's not in a place yet to do it. I think once he once Nemesis is dealt with, he can sort of process everything that's been going on. 
but we still, you know, we theorized about it in the last episode, which you can listen to on anchor.fm slash the rooster team. And um, we, we talked about how maybe there's the possibility that not everybody at the anchor is dead. And we we still don't know what we hope to find out in the next episode and and if jody and miranda are are both truly gone then i guess chase has a little bit less to worry about but uh, he's free and clear that's the important takeaway i'm here for these oofs i'm single again (laughs) no um i i do want to point out real quick that not every show needs to have the two main, I, I guess, male and female characters get together. Like, if if the show wants to go the route of, like, they just have a platonic, respectful friendship, that is totally fine. But if it wants to go to the other direction, too, I think I think I speak for everybody here when, when you say we're all okay with that. 100%. Yeah, that's the thing. Is if it's a, if it becomes a part of the story, then that's something that I can get behind. But if it's hey, let's just throw people together for no reason, then it's it's something else. But uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about these folks. Before we continue, we just wanted to take the time to thank you for listening to us here on Rooster Team Radio. If you're listening on whatever podcast provider of choice, make sure to leave us a review. It makes us more findable so that more people can join the family, join the conversation, join the Discord, all of that great stuff. Um, and right now, we actually have a couple of new reviews that I wanted to read um, from Nick Roski. Uh, we have uh, my go-to for geek insights and a good laugh with great hosts. Uh, with the uh, ABTV Rooster Team show, unfortunately, Finissimo, this has become my home for the weekly or sometimes more often content that I've come to love from these wonderful hosts. Proud to be a fan, and hey, you're welcome. This is pretty much uh, the only reason I use the podcast app on my phone. Totally worth it. Um, and then we also uh, Thank you, Nick. Uh, we also have one from Reflex123. I just love them. This review panel is comprised of people I know from the internet, and I have loved their take and discussions on various media. In fact, I blame their influence for trying out several new-to-me shows, not all Rooster Teeth related, but because of their uh, enthusiasm for the properties. I've always wanted to hear their thoughts on what the latest episode brings us all, and to see that if they're just as emotionally scarred as I am in the aftermath. This team will applaud the narrative twists, dissect the clues, and just have a great old time doing it. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, and uh, if you want to help support the show further, leave us these reviews, uh, share the show online, and um, we also have subscription options. If you go to anchor.fm slash the rooster team, you can sign up for a monthly paid subscription for either a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. We are currently working on ways to. Uh, give you further benefits if you sign up for those various memberships so stay tuned to that on our twitter which is the rooster team and then also you can go to our t public tpublic.com slash the rooster team uh, and we have a couple of pieces of sweet 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 merchandise that you can pick up there whether it's shirts mugs uh, journals tapestries posters uh, t public's pretty sweet like that and they also run sales fairly frequently so make sure to check us out over there uh, but we also do have a show sponsor that if you support them you support us and katie has all the information on that if you wouldn't mind sharing with us katie of course rooster team radio is sponsored by fred's bs breads and spreads by fred fred's bs is an la local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches whether you're looking for homemade jams brownies blondies or brown sugar buddies the best cookies you've ever had fred's bs can provide all products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients nothing is ever frozen 
Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S dot com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Fred's BS. Treat yourself, because you deserve it. Thank you, Katie. And thank you, Fred. Make sure to support us. Support him supporting us. What? All right, now let's get back into this thing. Now, we get a lot dropped on us in a short amount of time when we arrive at Artasa. Uh, Artasa, what uh, depends on how deep Cami Scottish accent is for the given time, and so we we reconnect with Doctor Henry Wu, uh, that we uh, we met a co- he was jailbroken a couple of episodes ago, and I wanted to throw this out there, uh, his shirt color looked really close to the to the Sinclair Holon color, whether that's still something that exists or not. We don't know. But do you think uh, Rooster Teeth is following the Super Sentai Power Ranger rules of clothing and suit color? Is Henry R6 pilot? Okay, so I'm kind of still hanging on to uh, a theory that Nemesis Chase might turn and become R6 pilot because of the blue. But otherwise, you know, I'll take Henry too. That'd be cool. (laughs) He's enthusiastic about it. Um, what about, what about you, Megan? I am all about that sixth ranger life. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. We absolutely need a sixth ranger. Give me my Sentai tropes. I need it. I need it. I want it. Whether that's Henry or a character we haven't met yet or one of the already established characters. I, I don't know if Henry is the right choice. He, he certainly seems enthusiastic, but again, with how rare, uh, the Genlock sort of compatibility is it's hard to say I think if he is compatible he would be a lot of fun but I think uh if if we are sticking a little bit more to sixth ranger trope uh it's gonna be how it's gonna have to be somebody a little bit more emotionally aloof (laughs) who's like I'm a lone wolf I do things on my own and then uh eventually comes around (laughs) I am down for a sixth ranger I I would go so far as to say we haven't met them yet. I would say that that is, if we still have that last haul on, and it's entirely possible we don't, it's entirely possible that the Union now has a sixth fully functional haul on. It's also possible that one of our walkers survived and we got some last minute genlock because compatible but too old is a thing and there sure is a haul on there available. So, um, who knows? Who knows? Could be anything. Katie, you bring up a, a good point ab- about us not knowing the the status of the Holon and the fact that we were uh, our team was attacked by some drones, but not Nemesis. Makes me think that Nemesis is still at the the anvil, waiting to sort of re- reveal his like final plan. And similarly to what we saw in what we're seeing in the trailer, the final battle is going to take place at the anvil and maybe our team retakes it. Maybe just a, just a theory that I have, but uh, 
I, I wanted to, I don't, I don't like skipping over uh, Dr. Fatima Ja, who we just met, uh, Rufus, who we find out is Rufus's ex-wife. Um, I'll, so I'll just, uh, general thoughts about uh, Dr. Ja, starting with Katie. I love her. I love her. I love her. And I'm so, so, so glad that we're like, here, we, we, we lost Dr. Weller. He's still here kind of maybe, but in Caliban form, Welliban form. Are you going to call it that now? Uh-huh. No, maybe. <laughs> well, a ban. But we may not always have him, and it's not quite Dr. Weller. But here's our new main scientist. She's a woman of color, and she's goddamn amazing and has been here since the beginning. I'm like, yes! Yes! I like the concept. I like the character they've given us. I like all of this. Please give me more, Rooster Teeth. Thank you. Uh, let me also say, I love her. I love her so much. I think that, uh, yes, she's kind of going to bring a fresh new science to uh, what Weller might have, you know, set up with the Genlock program. So it's going to be really nice to see her input and to see maybe how that changes the specifics of the program and how that kind of helps it keep evolving. So I'm very excited to see where we go from here, especially with her hopefully kind of, you know, at the helm as far as the science goes. I I always appreciate when any show wants to add more women of color and particularly more women of color who happen to be scientists. Uh, it it made me really happy. Um, and there's a part of me that's like, whoa, they killed off the, the old white dude and replaced it with a woman of color. Holy cow. <laughs> and there's, so there's a part of me that, that is uh, internally sort of giggling about that fact. But what I really like about her is that there is so much unspoken history between her and Dr. Weller. And it's not something that, you know, they they lay all their cards on the table right here. Um, like, you can just sort of see by the way she talks about her work and about how, you know, we get enough context clues from you know, Dr. Weller straight up saying that he's always had trouble connecting people. We have enough to look at their relationship and go, okay, yeah, it's pretty obvious why things didn't work out, but it's not something the show is really dwelling on. So there's just this really cool bit of character that's just gone unspoken, but is there. And, you know, you can look deeper into it if you want. Um, but, like, the show doesn't need to dwell on it. And more importantly, her relationship with him does not define who she is. But it, it helps inform us a little bit more about her and about what sort of capability she's going to be bringing to the team moving forward. And I'm really fascinated by that. And I'm I'm really excited to see what they do. And I'm really, really bummed that there's only one more episode. <laughs> For now. At least of this season. I, I like how we were introduced to Dr. Ja and she even finding out that Rufus was involved in any of this. She already can't even deal with it. She's already like, oh god, really? All right, fine. I'll I'll clean up another mess of his. But I um, will adopt these wayward children <laughs> that he left <laughs> on my doorstep. They're mine now. I suppose. <laughs> so uh, that that also tells us a lot about her character and her relationship without them having to give us a slowly moving backward flashback about it. So um, after this, 
we are introduced to Mark Holcroft, voiced by the one and only Matthew Hollum. And first of all, I wanted to point out, Holcroft, Hollon, there's some proprietary naming going on here, but the uh, he is the pr- principal investor of the RT, uh, RTASA and the ESU, as far as we know, those two things, but to be in charge of two industrial not necessarily military but research and development and technology firms that's that's questionable knows a lot about our team that's questionable the little bit of the diffuser there was that uh weller told him even though i will say even though uh dr ja points out that they haven't heard from him in a while or they uh there there's a lot about mark that i don't trust and that's weird saying that as somebody whose name is also that but it's with a c so it's even more untrustworthy um (laughs) you can see right through him i wanted to ask everybody's thoughts about uh about mr hallcroft and uh, i'll start with megan on this I'm with you, Mark. I don't trust anybody who doesn't spell the name Megan, M-E-G-A-N. So if we look at Mark and see that it's spelled M-A-R-C, we know that it's a doppelganger. We know that this is somebody who can't be trusted. <laughs> no, um, I, I first of all, I was really excited. Uh, I saw yesterday that, you know, Rooster Teeth put up that Matt. Hollum's audition video for Genlock, and I found that utterly delightful. So I was really excited that we were going to get to hear him in this episode. But yeah, I I was surprised because the the character of Mark seems to be not one hundred percent on the level, and I I definitely it makes it wouldn't surprise me if later on down the road this guy was playing both sides of the war like that would not surprise me in any capacity um to what end who knows i i assume money and power but um uh, <laughs> uh but yeah i don't i don't get a great vibe from this guy i'm i'm with you on that i concur i don't here's the thing he never struck me as out and out evil or out and out a bad guy but he's just one of those people where you look at him and the more he talks, the more you realize that if you're not a direct benefit to him, he probably wants absolutely nothing to do with you. He strikes me very much as a everything is a commodity, whether it's a material, an idea, or a human life sort of person. And I don't like that, especially in a show that where a good portion of it is focused on empathy and the ability to connect with other people and fighting for a cause like it's he's not he's never going to be our primary villain i would be very surprised if we find out that he's evil or he's funding the union or whatever but i am fully expecting one or more of his decisions to cause capital p problems for our characters for the resistance for our tasa for it, it, anything and everything it's kind it's a banal sort of evil yeah it, it's an evil where it's more of it's more of just like eh, this bothers me as opposed <laughs> to at least to him instead of it being like you know this is this has ridiculous amounts of 
an effect on the entire world and you're responsible. Something like that. Uh, what do you think about this guy, Stacy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that he's evil, like straight out evil either. Definitely morally adrift. You know, he'll he'll sell a haul onto the highest bidder. He doesn't care what side you're on. Hmm. I, you know, eh, it doesn't bother him. It doesn't affect him personally. He'll be fine. So why does he have to take a stake in either side of the war necessarily? So I, yeah, I agree with Kate. I don't think we're going to see him as like a main villain. However, he could cause some issues. Uh, now, on the other hand, after this discussion, I kind of want to see him turn out to be like the most straight and narrow, like <laughs> up and up good guy that we have. Mm-hmm. Just to just completely destroy that trope. I, I agree with you there. Especially, like, not not only was the information about our team just like, all right, that's, that's questionable how you know all of that. Especially when it came to learning about um, Yaz's past. Mm-hmm. Revealing that to everybody. But also, when they're talking about something that we all refer to as the nemesis, and I mean we as in us and we as in our main group in the show, he refers to it as the Lost Holon, and also refers to the Union as thieving, and then pulls up a 3D model of the nemesis, which I can ass- there could be some sort of, uh, like imaging system that he's hacking into or that he's utilizing that's proprietary or it could be that he has designed documents because he's evil but we don't know we don't know either of those things he is a very questionable human being and we don't know on what side he lies so it's uh, this is a very interesting scene I, I really love Stacy's idea, though, that like it turns out he's he's a really stand up guy. Like he, I'm I'm picturing he like volunteers at the soup kitchen on Saturdays and he, <laughs> he hosts fundraisers for orphans. <laughs> like how funny would that be? Look, he was just really nervous and was awkwardly overprepared. OK, uh, yeah, that'd be funny. What if what if that's our sixth pilot, the rich guy? Oh, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time uh, a Power Rangers series has definitely leaned into that on one or two occasions. I want my own Halon, so I'm going to make them myself. Ooh. Okay, Lotor. <laughs> I'll make my own giant robot. And, I, and my mother can't do anything about it. Okay, Lotor. <laughs> I leaned into it. I leaned into it. You did. You leaned so hard, you went horizontal, and I love it. Yeah, thanks for coming, AJ. I'll, I'll say your uh, pay is in the mail. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know someone's going to believe that. Yeah, he's heading out. Yeah, don't don't slam the door. Thank you. Okay. So the last the last thing that we get is our our updated hall on designs. It is what we see in the intro, and it's time to either take a break or take on Nemesis. Who I mean, we've we've been seeing these designs for the past seven weeks, but now that we have all of the information that we have about our characters and we are going into this final battle, whose design is your favorite? And I'll start with Katie. Honestly, it's a tie between Kami and Kazu and Yaz. I like them all. Um, <laughs> it's mostly just, honestly, it was whose reaction was my favorite. And I'm stuck between Kazu going, oh my god, you made me the Robo Shogun. Like, 
they read the same manga. She straight up made his his mech into an anime character. Ten year old me is super happy right now. Like I loved that, and then just Cammy going full fursona with hers and just hit me. Like I love it. I love it all so so much. Uh, my favorite. So they're all wonderful, but my favorite was Yaz's, especially after kind of how we've seen her grow and what we've gotten to know about her. So her moment looking at her updated Hallon and just being almost overwhelmed. Uh, and, you know, it was clear that Cammy's design was very carefully made with her in mind. And to see her be touched by that was a very nice moment. And I adore her and she deserves all the happy things. That was kind of like, you know, a virtual hug with a Hallon design, right? It counts. I could, it means that Cammy was really, really thinking about her and making sure that it reflected everybody's outward appearance is starting to reflect their inward thoughts about it. Yeah, I can imagine what what Cammy learned from uh, Valentina when they when they melded to pick the exact perfect th- design that she wanted. So that was kind of, that was kind of cheating. But uh, Megan, what did uh, whose did you like the most? Well, nothing says I love you quite like customizing a giant robot for someone. Um, I I really, I have to agree, not to sound like a broken record, I really love Yaz's design. Uh, Design-wise, that I think is my favorite out of all of the Holons. And her reaction, just again, being so moved by the design choice, it was beautiful. And... And yeah, this whole thing, this whole scene was just so pure. Uh, seeing seeing her react and be so moved, seeing Kazu get you know really excited that his you know <laughs> that his inner otaku is being uh, is being catered to, and that he and Cami can connect on that level, and just seeing Cami go hit me, <laughs> like everything about this scene was one hundred percent pure joy and i loved it joy before the darkest depths of sadness uh that is sure to come in the next episode hopefully we get some triumph but uh for me it it's very hard to pick but uh i i think i would have to say julian's just because of the moment that she and also i 100 percent pick yes but for the sake of argument i will i will pick julian's because of the moment that he and Cammy shared afterwards, mirroring the moment that Julian and Migas had back at the base, and it's sort of being a, a, a another step forward, similarly to now that Chase is rocking the 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 bodysuit that the rest of the team is rocking, and they'll be able to fully tap into that friendship is power, sort of an aspect, and. Um, what this was this was a fun episode despite there not being action-packed action and um final thoughts was there was there anything (laughs) was there anything else that anybody wanted to touch on for this one yeah can we talk about the character profiles and the fact that mark like had their profiles pulled up for one one of my friends managed to get screen caps and flip them and what's interesting is that you can read Kami's and Kazu's fairly well. Chase's is incredibly clear. Yaz's is covered by Mark's face, so you can't see the text. 
And Valentina's is blurred to the point where you can't read it. Like some of them are a little blurry and you can read them with effort. Chase's is super clear. Valentina's, there's just no way because zoom and enhance is not a thing. And so for one, I find that really interesting. The uh, fun text for Cammy says that her current task was polity cybersecurity as judicial remedy for violation. And that Kazu's was uh, Vanguard Mobile Armor, repeated disciplinary interactions, demoted to mess duty permanently, um, something via VOG, I can't read that, decree avoiding Article 15. And evidently, Article 15, uh, briefly, is a section of the Uniform Code of Military Justice allowing commanders to carry out discretionary punishments without judicial proceedings. Whether or not that applies in the future in Japan is still a question mark, but still, that's a, that's a thing. So Kazu being permanently demoted because of military actions, like, oh boy. So this, I will have to ask my friend if they want to be thanked on air our next episode for doing that, because I'm not sure, but I very much appreciate them sharing this information, because that's a thing. And finding out that Yaz was a citizen of uh, the Union, and that as a child she accidentally betrayed her parents as intellectuals, and her parents got taken away, that is blazingly soviet union and fucking terrifying like yikes yikes anti-intellectualism is what you do when you have a dictatorship or something terrible up top and you don't want anyone being smart enough to call you out on your shit the union is scary i i will say they were taken away that doesn't necessarily mean they were killed. They were probably put into a program to develop some... I, I don't think yet... If if they are, it's terribly sad. But knowing what we know about the Union, we still... I, I'm still holding on to my theory that they take what they can use and use it until it's dead. So I, I think that there's still a chance that her parents are alive, they're just being worked to the bone. It's possible. I will say that intellectual doesn't necessarily mean scientists. They often also mean philosophers, politicians, people with a college education. It could have been anything. So it's possible that they were not useful to the Union. They were just dangerous enough for the Union to want to get them out of the way. So either way, it's pretty hecked up. It never was her union. Or there might they might have presumed that their minds could be Genlock compatible, and they were just looking for any any sort of a mind to do it, and they didn't think to look to the daughter. They just looked to the parents. Was Genlock a thing at the time, though? Because this happened when Yaz was a child, and Genlock has only been in testing for four years, give or take. We don't know, essentially. And, uh... It's just a dumb theory. But um, yeah, knowing, I mean, Rooster Teeth had an entire episode where everybody had to sort of decode every single frame of various episodes. So I'm sure they're very careful with what they show 
and what they what they keep to themselves. Oh, absolutely. Part of what makes the mystery so much fun. Exactly. And uh, we're going to find out about that as the show moves on. Was there anything else that anybody wanted to cover? Just... Um... I, I, the, the only other thing I really want to touch on, I, I feel like, uh, we, we touched on most of the major plot points. I, I loved Nemesis chiming in, uh, and, uh, you know, when, when Chase is sort of standing watch and like, uh, and again, I, I said it last time, but I really love when the robots emote and you can see what Chase is going through before you start hearing Nemesis speak. And then you start hearing Nemesis speak and like you as an audience member are just flooded with so much emotion because it is Chase or what's left of him. But it's it's this looming threat like you know whatever's left of chase like he has only malicious intent for our boys and girls and it's it's both tragic and upsetting and fear inducing but also really cool (laughs) so uh i i really loved the the sequence where um where nemesis started speaking to him and you know that that's how they ultimately end up figuring out how he's tracking them and and also something that we didn't bring up about Holcroft was that he mentioned that Julian's mother and uh, sister were deceased when we don't necessarily know if that's true or not. Well, he said lost, didn't he? Yeah, it it was alluded to that they were dead. That well, yeah, I think that was the allusion too. But the language was very interesting, and especially with the what we were talking about earlier with the uh, intellectuals being taken away. Yeah. We don't know too much about what exactly that means. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Questionable. Just more stuff that, that brings up how we don't necessarily know how to think about Holcroft. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gen Lockdown for episode seven of the Gen Lock program. Uh, before we go, everybody, let us know what you're working on, where they can find you on social media, starting with Megan. Hey guys, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, so be sure to check that out. Katie. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias, as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaget, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. I also write articles for Fanversation.com, and I'm on an Overwatch podcast called On The Point. Stacy. I'm Stacy Shuttleworth. You can find me all over the web at Stacy Shuttles. Keep an eye on Twitter and Instagram for what I'm currently working on, whether it's a cosplay project or jewelry uh, works. You'll find out there. And I'm Mark Bidonica. Make sure to follow me there at Mark Bidonica on Instagram, Twitter. I do a bunch of different podcasts. If you're a wrestling fan, I've got the Wrestling Professionals. If you like theme parks, uh, my wife and I have been talking about all of the latest stuff from Galaxy's Edge over at Party of Two on Anchor and where you can find us at Party of Two Pod on Twitter. That'll do it for this episode of Gen Lockdown. We will see you at the finale. <laughs>